Good morning. Everybody doing okay? I saw this yesterday, and I've never seen this before. It just kind of hit me. We went out and did evangelism here at the church yesterday. We met here at uh, 1230, shared a little bit, prayed, and then we hit the streets and just went out to just to share the love of Jesus with people. And we came back, and we're, you know, we're waiting for everybody to get back, and then we started to pray a little bit. But there's something that hit me is that Jesus did, there's one miracle that Jesus, there's a couple miracles that Jesus did twice. And that's not an accident. When Jesus does something once, it's not an accident. When he does something twice, there's really something that we need to pay attention to, right? And one of the miracles that Jesus did twice was he did at the beginning of his ministry, he told Peter, Peter had been fishing all night, right? And what did he catch? Nada. He worked all night. He was a fisherman. He knew how to fish. He was a professional fisherman. These guys knew their stuff. But their efforts got them a big goose egg, nothing. And Jesus told them, he said, throw your nets on the other side. And they could have said, well, Lord, we caught everything. We, we fished all night and we caught nothing, which he did say. And then he could have said, so, Lord, I don't think that really makes sense to me. I'm not going to do that. I, you know, I, I know I, I'm, a, I'm a professional. Do you know anything about fishing? I've been doing this my whole life. Do you know anything about fishing? I've fished all night. That's not what he said, right? What did he say? He said, at your, Lord, because you say it, I do it. At your bidding, at your word. And he threw his net on the other side, and what happened? Call a buttload. Oh, I meant to say boatload. <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> boatload is really, not literally. <laughs> Had a. <laughs> That even took me a second to catch it. <laughs> um, so that was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. But then at the end, you know, Jesus had already died, resurrected, and he appeared again to the disciples. And he does, and they're out fishing, and they'd been fishing all night. And what happened? They caught nothing. But at his word, he said, throw your net out again. And at Jesus' word, they threw the net out again, and they caught so much fish. They caught, I think, if I remember correctly, it was 153 fish. Somebody correct me. 157? So we've got 153 and 157. One of those. They might know for sure. 153. Okay. No, there was no half fish. So 153 fish. It was so many fish that two boats were being sunk by it. What's amazing to me is that Peter, when he saw that happen, he, he jumped, he, you know, he had stripped himself for fishing. He, I don't know why he did this, but he grabbed his cloak. I guess he didn't want to be naked on shore, but he grabbed his cloak. He, th he jumped in the water. He swam to shore because he recognized that was Jesus at the miracle. And he went and hung out with Jesus for a moment before the disciples came with the boat. This boat was sinking. 
Y'all remember, it took two boats and it was, they were sinking. When the boat gets to shore, Peter goes by himself and pulls the whole net onto the land by himself. So that which two boats, one boat couldn't bring in, two boats had to come and do it. Peter, now having spent time with the Lord, was able to bring this whole catch into the shore. And there is the thing that it goes back to, you know, Jesus in the book of Acts, when it was talking, when the disciples were brought before the Pharisees, they recognized that these unlearned, they were like, who are these unlearned people? But they recognized them having been with Jesus. And there's a people that God is raising up that, has, that are spending time getting to know Jesus. They're spending time in his presence. And in that place of being in his presence, they're able to go out and to bring in that which otherwise they would never be able to bring in. In their own strength, they could never, ever drag that net on. But having been with Jesus, he was able to bring a whole net in that, a whole, that was sinking two boats. And the other thing is that at his word, they caught so many fish, and they had fished all night. So that was a miracle, right? But what hit me yesterday was that this was the first and last. This was like the first and the last, in a sense, he did this miracle two times at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry, and it hit me. At the beginning of the church age, there was a catch of fish, an ingathering, 3,000 souls, and then you see all the souls that came in at the beginning, and then I truly, it just hit me like a revelation. The last thing that Jesus is going to do is going to do it again. He's going to bring in a harvest like we've never seen. Souls are going to be coming to the Lord. And the scripture is so clear on that. You look at Isaiah 60 and how it talks about uh, the, the Lord's light shining on his people. And God's about to move in a soup. I mean, we are about to, we, he surely has saved his best wine for last. We're about to see things that all the prophets have longed to see of old, the, the Old Testament prophets, even I think people in the New Testament, he really did save his best wine for, for last, and you guys are alive right now in this time. That's not an accident. Now, y'all know the story of the Samaritan lady? Y'all know the, the story of Jesus in, in uh, John chapter 4, I believe it is, where Jesus goes to Samaria and he goes to a well, and at that well, he meets a lady. And this lady, y'all know the story, it, it was uh, in that time, Jews typically did not uh, have dealings with Samaritans because Samaritans were believed to be a half-breed. And when I say half-breed, what I'm, I don't mean like as in, they were a mixture in their race because they were mixed with Assyrians and Jews. They were, when the Assyrians took over Israel, in their time period, there was a mixture that took place, but that really wasn't the, the issue. The issue was their worship. They, they stopped going to Jerusalem to worship, and they began to worship in Samaria and in, and in parts of, they had set up their own high places, and they began to, even their, their worship of God, which was Jewish at one point, began to get mixed with the Assyrian gods. So there was a mixture in their, in their worship of God. And so it was Jews considered them, uh, they just wrote them off. But thank God Jesus didn't write them off. And Jesus went to this lady and he begins to, 
you know, talk to her and he tells her a word of knowledge. He says, go and get your husband. And she says, I have none. He says, right, you don't have one husband. You've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. And she says, the most amazing thing, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. <laughs> wow, you're, you're bright. <laughs> um, and uh, he begins to reveal himself as the Christ. And I believe that was the first place that he revealed himself as the Christ, which is interesting to me. And he, you know, he, because she said, well, when Messiah comes, he's going to explain all this to us. And he says to her, well, he who speaks with you now is he. And she ran off and she, um, she reached her whole neighborhood, her whole town for Jesus. But here's the, here's the part I wanted to get to. Jesus had sent his disciples uh, into town to get food. So he was there by himself. And when they came back, they saw him talking with this lady and they thought it strange. And they said, here, master, we've gotten food. Please eat. And what did Jesus say? Yeah, he said, my food is to do the will of my father. Now, here's what I want to say to you guys. And this, this is what I... All of us have two needs, really, two basic needs that can cause us to be what we're supposed to be. One is an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Every single one of us in here was created. We have a hole in our heart that was created for intimate relationship with the God who made us. But I want to tell you that's not enough. It's not enough just to have a relationship with God. And the reason why I say that was because when God created Adam, he gave him a calling. He gave him a purpose. He told him, he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. He gave him work to do. And there is something that in us that needs something productive to do. And if you don't have it, you're, you're, you're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be full. You're not going to be filled up. And, and um, there's, there's going to be a lack inside of you. And all the spending time with Jesus, that is so important. We have to have that. We were made for that. But in that place, the Lord is going to give you an assignment. And in the same way that we do our assignment and we're functioning in what God's called us to do, it is actually feeding us. Our food, just like Jesus' food, is to do the will of him who sent us. Now, every single person in here, you have a calling and a destiny and a purpose on your life. God wants you to grow up into all aspects into Jesus, and every single one of you have the Holy Spirit. Every one of you that has the Holy Spirit, and you all can have it. If you don't have it, you can get it. You get into a relationship with Jesus, you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that same Spirit that was on Jesus can be upon you because Jesus said, the works I do, ye shall do because I go to the Father. See, we're called to do even greater works than Jesus. Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do, and even greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. You're, you are called. Jesus said, even as I was sent, so I send you. And we know that Jesus, you know, he, he was, you know, in Luke... Um, 418, it talks about Jesus went into the temple and he shared Isaiah 61. He read it 
And that's the passage where the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the recovery of the sight to the blind. You know, he, 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 he declared that this scripture was fulfilled in your hearing, and he went out, and in the book of Acts, it tells us in Acts 10, 38, that God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good, healing all of those oppressed of the devil. Okay, so I, here's the thing. If God anointed Jesus to do the works, and he said the works that he did, we're going to do, and he also said, even as I was sent, so I send you, what does that mean? This is, this is an open book test. <laughs> That's right. We're, this before we left, I said, all right, here's the deal. The Lord is anointing us right now to go out and preach the gospel to the poor. He has given us the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit that, 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 that Jesus worked in. Because Jesus said of myself, own self, I could do nothing. He was totally, as a man, when he sets aside his deity to become a man, he was totally dependent upon the Father. He did that on purpose. In Philippians 2, it says that he set aside deity. He set it aside. When he walked the earth, he walked the earth as a man totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Spirit of God came on him at the baptism, and he came up out of the, the, the water. The Holy Spirit came on him. He went into the temple, I mean, into the, the desert, was tempted by the devil. He, he, he passed all those tests. He came up out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, the Scripture says. We have been sent in that same way. But here's the issue. We don't believe it. We don't believe that. But it hit me yesterday. It hit me yesterday. Every single one of you is anointed, and God wants to anoint you. If you haven't been anointed, you can get born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you're a born-again Christian, every single one of you has a calling and a purpose and a destiny, and God wants to use you just like he used anybody. And so as our mandate here at this church, one of the things, the second goal of our church, we have three main goals. Y'all remember them? First one is we want the presence of God in this place. We're seeking God's presence. If we have church without God manifesting himself, this is a waste of time. Man, let's just go, to, let's just go watch sports or go to the beach. I got better things to do than to do church without God. Really, I just don't, I'm not interested in it. Bump it. I want God. I want an encounter with him. I want the manifest presence of God in this place. I want the power of God in this place. Give us God or bust. I got to have God. Goal number one. Number two, as leaders in the church, our calling is to equip the saints for the work of service. It's not our job to do the works of service by ourselves. It's our job as to kind of, coach to raise people up to help people grow up into all aspects into him so that the body grows up to the very fullness of God and functions in the role that they're called to do now I have a bible and I'm going to turn here y'all turn here y'all we're going to read this one verse Ephesians 4 I hadn't talked on this and this is gonna we got a lot of time today uh, normally worship goes a lot longer and we don't have as much time but today we got time and I want, we're going we're gonna to do, I think we're going to do some things. I felt like the Lord 
I wasn't positive, but I felt like the Lord told me today was training day. And I feel like there's some training needs to happen. And we're going to, and you don't train people and not let them do stuff. You train people and then you let them do stuff. You know, you don't go to the, the army and go through boot camp and you shoot, you know, sh- and, and, and shoot the guns with blanks and then get into a, and then it's time to go to war. And they say, now nah, we're just, you know, we're not going to give you a weapon. We're not going to let you shoot anything. We're not going to let you go on missions. We're, we just, we're just going to let you hear us talk to you about what you're supposed to do, but we're not going to let you do it. That's not what happens. They, pr- they train them, they equip them, they release them. Training, you know, you teach people the things. You equip them, meaning that you give them what they need to do it. You start practicing it, and then you go out and you do it for real. Okay, so Ephesians 4. Um, verse 11, he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature where it belongs to the fullness of Christ. All right, I'm going to read this again. He's given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Five-fold ministry. These are functions. They're not, they're not titles and names. You know, and people that know me know I hate being called Pastor. That's a job role I'm functioning in right now. It's not my name. I'm Travis. So you can, anybody that does that and you didn't know, just know you don't have to call me pastor. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm the same as you guys. <laughs> my name is Travis. I don't need that to feel good about myself. I'm the son of God. He loves me. I don't need extra respect. That's, that's bull. It is. I'm, I'm just shooting some sacred cows right now, okay? I, I mean... <laughs> Uh, we got the same Holy Spirit. And, 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 and we really need to realize that, guys. As long as we look at leadership and we see them as something at a higher level than us, then we're missing the point of the leadership. That's right. A man of God or a woman of God is a man or a woman with God. <laughs> He's the one. <laughs> So he's given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints. For what? Why are they equipping the saints? For the work of service to the building up of the body in Christ until we all, everybody say all. All. Is there anybody not included in all? Anybody. That's all. That's everyone. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Hmm, the unity of the faith, oneness of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now, I want to ask a question. Do you look around at the body of Christ in the world, and do you see a body that is grown up to the very fullness of Christ? What does that tell us then? If we're not, if we haven't all, all grown up into the fullness of Christ, well, first of all, it tells me we still have, we must, because this scripture can't lie, we must still have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. 
So do you tell me those have done, been done away with, like dispensationalists believe, you're ignoring the very scripture here that says we're going to have these, because the only way you can say that they've gone is to say that we're a mature body to the very fullness of Christ. So it's either one or the other. You can't be, but I'm promising you we're going to get there. How do I know that? The Bible says Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkled. He's, he's coming back for a mature bride, as it says right here. And so we know that he is called leadership in the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip the saints to walk in all of that. How does an apostle or a prophet or evangelist, what are they teaching? They're teaching their function. If you're an evangelist, that means you're called to train the church to evangelize. If you're a prophet, you're not just called to hear God and speak it. That's part of it. But you're called to teach the body how to hear God and speak. Moses said, I wish that they were all prophets. Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 says, you may all prophesy one by one. We're all called to hear from God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. What does it say? They shall all know me from the least to the greatest. God is calling for a, a people group to begin to wake up and realize who they are. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's in you. If you're a believer, Jesus Christ is in you, and he wants you to grow up into maturity to be everything that Jesus was. As Jesus was in this world, so are we. That's what the scripture says. So if we think of ourselves as less than Jesus, and we don't have a vision for growing up into what Jesus was, we're missing it. God wants to raise our vision higher about who we're called to be. Every single one of you is called to be like Jesus to the world. You're called to walk in what Jesus walked in. And I know some of you hear that, but you don't believe that. And I understand because we look inside of ourselves and we see our weaknesses and our failures. But the problem is we're like the children of Israel when God told them to go into the land and he's going to deliver all these giants. And they're like, oh, we're like, we're like grasshoppers in their eyes and our eyes. See, they, could, they saw themselves a certain way and so they assumed the enemy saw them that way. And the problem is we, do too much we spend too much time navel-gazing looking at what's inside of us and not enough time looking at him because as we look at him, we're going to be changed into that image. We need to stop looking at your failures. Stop it. Paul says, I don't even judge my own self. Stop looking at your failures. Start looking to Jesus. I pray this all the time. Lord, let me see you. Let the eyes of my heart open up and see you as you are because I know from 2 Corinthians 3.18 that I'm being transformed as I behold the glory of the Lord as in a mirror. That I'm being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. That's what 1 John 4, I think it says, that as we, as when he appears, we shall be like him because we will see him the way he is. When we see Jesus the way he is and with the eyes of our heart, we start to get transformed into that very image. But as long as we're navel-gazing and we're disqualifying ourselves because of our failures and where we're at today, then we are not looking at him. You can't look at you and at Jesus at the same time. You ever tried to split your eyes? 
You know, we're not fish. <laughs> you ever try to look two directions at once? It doesn't work. We have to look at him. And as we're seeing him, he's going to correct the things that are wrong with us. You know, we're, we're his workmanship, not our own. If I could fix anybody, I would do it, but I can't. I can't even fix me. What I can do is look to him. And as I look to him, he'll fix my failures, my, my weaknesses. But when I begin to see Jesus, something begins to change about me, and the vision that I have of myself changes. And so what I want to see happen today is I want every single one of you to stop thinking about yourself in a wrong way. Grace, God's going to change the world through you. He's going to use you. You have purpose. And he, he's called you to be like Jesus today. He's called you to be Jesus today. And what I mean by that is we're his body. We're his hands and we're his feet. I mean, is this, is this hand right here, is this a part of Jesus? I mean, is this a part of Travis? Is this Travis's hand? Well, this is, tra this is the hand of Travis. You're the hand of Jesus. The only thing God's doing in the world is what he's doing through his people. Not through the leaders, through the people. And the reason why the world's in the shape that it is is because half the, you know, 95% or more of the body isn't doing their job. That's changing. Praise God, that's changing. But we have got to get engaged in purpose because without your purpose, you're not being filled up with the fullness of God. You're not, you're not eating the meat that Jesus said was, the, was to do the will of the Father. We have to, to do his will, to be used of God. There's something that comes alive in myself when I'm used of God. There's something wonderful about being used of God to help somebody. It feeds something in me. We were designed that way. He wants to do this with us. And without that, there's an empty place in there. The Lord's going to begin breaking off this condemnation, this shame, this, uh, these uh, sorry feelings about ourselves, and he's waking us to realize who we are in Christ, and, who, and better yet, who Christ is in us. So it says that he's given us all this for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, so that's my job. If I, if I don't, and, I, and I'm afraid that most pastors fail on this, but if, if I don't see you guys equipped and walking in your purpose and your calling and your destiny, and, and, and I'm making sure that there ain't a single person in my care, even if you start off needing me, you know, because Paul did say, follow me as I follow Christ. That's to the immature, you know. My sheep hear my voice. He didn't say my little lambs do. There is a, there is a point that we follow leaders, just like kids follow their parents. But if I'm doing my job right, those little kids that are in my care, like Alexa and Haven, if I do my job right, they're growing up to a point where they no longer need me. They can stand on their own two feet, and they don't need me. And in the same way, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, there has to come a point where they've done their job right, and they no longer are dependent on other leaders in order to walk out their, their calling, their destiny, their purpose. It's because they've been connected to the head. There's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, 
our ultimate goal is to connect, connect people in Jesus, to Jesus and let Jesus do the, the rest of it. And it says, as a result, we are no longer to be children. Hmm. Tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by, that, by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love couple things there we're all to grow up into the into all aspects into him every single one of you is to grow up to look like jesus smell like jesus act like jesus do the works that jesus did second thing is that it says that the whole body being fit together by every joint supplies Every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body. You know why the body's so messed up? It's because the individual parts aren't working. If only 3% of your body was functioning today, do you even think you could have walked into the building today? How much of the body of Christ is actually functioning? And I'm, you don't have to answer this, but I mean, like, how many people, don't answer this, I'm just, I'm just throwing out a thought. How many people in here know your calling? Okay, once again, don't answer. (laughs) So for the third time, don't answer this. (laughs) But how many people know their calling? How many more of them actually are walking in it? And part of that's the the leadership's problem. We're, you know, unfortunate, but God's killing this thing. He's killing it in me. He's killing it in his people. He's, He's turning this around. But there is something about when you become a leader, there's such a temptation to allow the people to fuel your um, validity and to fuel, you, you begin to think that the people are here for you. And it's a subtle little thing. It, you know, when you see people that get caught up in that, they didn't start off overnight like that. It's a subtle little thing that the enemy does. And we're so susceptible to it. But that's changing. You know, y'all are not here for me. I'm here for you. And only for a little while. Because some of y'all are called to have your own church. Some of you are called to have businesses that change the world, bring the gospel through your businesses. There's callings and destinies on you that you're called to be. And so I wanted to do something a little different. We do have time today. I first wanted to say that. I just wanted to make sure this was what the Lord was doing today. I wasn't positive. Now, I started off with that thing about the 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 uh, Jesus's two you know the two miracles of the fish. I really believe that the greatest in gathering is upon us. I've been doing street ministry since 1998. I have, by the grace of God, and it really was the grace of God, I have um, stayed doing this, except for a small period of time when I was, you know, getting this place going. And um, But I have seen God move on the streets in incredible ways throughout my life. 
If you go, God reaches people. That's just a reality. I know that. It's, 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 it's really mind-boggling, and it also messes with you. It's like, all I have to do is be willing to go out and be used, and God will change somebody's life. I've got, what's that, 20, 24 years. Thank you. <laughs> Might need to do some math. <laughs> Take some math classes. I got 24 years of experience telling me that all I have to do is go hit the streets with a heart to reach people and God's going to reach them because every time I've been out in faith, I would see at least one or two people that get their life absolutely rocked for Jesus. Every time. The only time that didn't happen was when I got scared because I was, there was a couple of times I went by, well, there's a lot of times I went by myself, but a few of the times I allowed fear to keep me from doing what God was telling me to do. Because I got scared of what of the people, so I understand fear. I'm, I get afraid just like everybody. I still deal with fear when I go out. But every time I've gone out in faith and did what God wanted me to do, I can tell you honestly, this is God honest truth. There was always at least one person that I knew was an absolute divine encounter that changed their life forever. And having that experience and seeing that has woken me up to the fact that it, all I got to do is go and God will do something. But it's also shown, I've also seen a lot. And what I'm about to say to you, I believe this. We are more ripe for harvest right now than we have ever been in all of history. I believe that. But what did Jesus say 2,000 years ago? It was true then, it's true now. He told him to pray that the Lord would raise up laborers because the harvest was ripe but the laborers were few see nobody wants to really everybody wants to see god move but nobody wants to do the work there's work the laborers laborers <laughs> Laborers, you're a laborer. <laughs> that means you're a worker. <laughs> There's work to be done. There's work to be done. Everybody wants the, to, the, the goosebumps and to have God use them in powerful ways, but the Lord said, if you're faithful in a little, I'll make you a ruler over much. Everybody wants to come up in front of the church and grab the mic. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people want to come up and grab the mic and, and be these powerful ministers, but they, they don't want to go out and do the work when nobody's looking, but they're ministering to people that nobody else sees, but God sees. What do you think is more important to God? We have a ministry pulpit out here that we can get on anytime we want to. You can get on it in the grocery store. You can get on it, you know, anywhere you're at. It's a pulpit, an opportunity for God to use you. And we've been going out and we're seeing God do stuff, touch people's lives, plant seeds, water seeds, reap the harvest. But... We've, we need laborers, but the wonderful thing about that scripture is he said, that, pray that the Lord would raise up har harvesters, laborers. We need to pray for that. 
But what I love about it is he then said to those same people, go therefore. He, helped, he told them to answer their own prayer. Pray that, you would, that God would raise up laborers, now you go. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. I think Jesus had a sense of humor. Because everybody wants to pray. Okay, I can pray, Lord. Yeah, that's cool. I can do that from the house. <laughs> I'm going to go in there and I'm going to just pray, Lord, raise up somebody else to go to the mission field. Raise up somebody, Lord. Raise up these people that are go. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You want me to go? Oh, what? no, no, Lord. You must be talking about somebody else. You don't want me to go. And isn't that the way we do things? We expect somebody else to do the, to do the work. And if we all do that, we end up being a body that only has 3% of its body functioning. And we're in the place that we're in today. If every church was equipping their people to do the work and the people were doing the work, every city in America, every city across the world would be reached. It's our job to make disciples and to release them to their purpose. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start doing this. Well, one, we're going out uh, on a regular basis now. Thank God for Shane. Shane, stand up. Come on, just come up here, Shane. Um, I'm going to read two, two scriptures, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Shane do something. Um, Proverbs 10.5, he who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Who are we? Just saying, just asking. 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to make a defense or an argument to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Are you, are you guys ready, always ready to give an account? I'm just asking the question. Not, and if you're not, then you need to get ready. And that's by getting with Jesus, getting in the Word, spending time with Him, getting closer. One of the things that evangelism did for me all those years, it helped me more. You can't outgive God. It was always a, a death for me to go to the streets. It was. I hated it. I do. I still hate it. I'll be honest with you. I like sitting on my couch. It's fun. I could sit there a long time. But getting up and going, that's tough. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a little, well, I'm lazy. I'm lazy. I'm also fearful. But going, when I go, God always moves. I have to overcome my flesh. The spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. Are we willing to overcome the flesh? Second Timothy, I'm going to read this one. Four. Um, I'll read one through five. I solemnly charge you, and I'm doing this. I'm going to charge you guys right now. I solemnly charge you in the presence. Now, Paul did this. I'm doing it to y'all right now. I just want to make sure it's clear. I'm charging you. I'm charging you. In the name of Jesus, I am charging you all right now. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. 
Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instructions. For the time will come, and I'm going to say for the time has come, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside the myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, fulfill it. Whose responsibility is it to fulfill your calling? Fulfill your ministry. Do the work of evangelist. I'm going to tell you, what you do the work of evangelist, it'll get you to your purpose. You say, I'm not called, I'm not called to evangelize. Hogwash. The reason there's a po- pro- prophets, prophets, evangelists, the reason evangelists were in there because they're called to equip the, the saints to be equipped in that area. Do the work of an evangelist. And then he says, fulfill your calling. Evangelism is like the heart of God. He, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his sons to reach the world. Now, the scripture says, be ready in season and out of season. So I'm going to start calling on a few of you. And I'm, and I'm going to ask you to share what is the hope of your calling. But I want to introduce Shane here. Shane is uh, with Saturate Global. It's a ministry that I knew nothing about until Shane began to, but apparently they've been having some really powerful revivals take place in uh, California and I believe Kentucky. And God has brought them to, to Wilmington. And God is moving people here all the time. It is really amazing. God is up to something. And then Chuck Pierce had that word about the Carolinas, I don't know if y'all have heard that, but that God was about to release a revival to America and it would start in the Carolinas. I believe uh, Derek Prince had the same word back in 1979, maybe? 73? 73. So this is amazing. But Shane is with Saturate Global and uh, they, he's basically a full-time missionary and I know the Lord put us together, and I know the Lord sent him here because he is serious about reaching souls right now. The Lord is. And I want to introduce you because he's going to help lead our evangelism teams. I'm doing it too, but I'm, 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 you know, he's, he's, I'm going to let him take as much of it as he wants, but I'm going with him. But uh, why don't you share what's on your heart? Yeah, you know, it's funny. As soon as Travis was like, stand up, I was like, oh, I just want to sit down. He's like, come up. He's like, I don't want to come up. What God's doing here, not just in Wilmington, but in the world, when you look around, you know there's a need. It's obvious. And he's called all of us to fill that need. And it's like Travis said, I mean, we went out yesterday, people got touched by God. There's an opportunity for us to be used by God every single day, every single moment, and and that can feel like a burden (laughs) that weighs heavy on you. I think in some ways it probably should. But you also get to take that and give it back to the Lord. Because you get to go and give away what he's already given to you. Freely we've received, so freely we give. 
right? And the same struggle that Travis has, I have as well. <laughs> I'd rather sit on my couch and just chill sometimes. But if I sit long enough and actually reflect on what God's done for me, I can't sit anymore. And so I don't know what you, you have planned right now or if, if, if it's a moment, but I'd love if everybody's willing to just stand. Travis is, was talking about everyone having a calling. Do you know your purpose? Do you know your calling? And there's some obvious ones that the Bible lays out for us, right? Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, right? Jesus, his last command to us is go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know that we're on mission to go and save the lost. All of us know that. But he also created us individually and uniquely. And so the expression of what that looks like may look a little bit different for each of us. And I do believe that God is gonna show you right now in this moment what he created you to do. But here's the reality of what's about to happen. When he shows it to you, you no longer can be ignorant of it. Once you know what he's called you to, now you have a responsibility to go and do it. You're blessed because you're in a church that will train you and equip you to do it. You're not meant to do it alone. One of my, one of my biggest struggles that I had is I, would, I feel this compulsion to go and share the gospel with people and I go and do it by myself all the time. And it, it's discouraging sometimes doing it alone. I want you to know you're not alone. You get to walk this out with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You get to spur each other on in good works to fulfill the calling that God's put on your life. So I feel like I need to just forewarn you though, God's gonna show you, but you need to do something with it. Can we all be on the same page with that? All right, I'm just gonna ask you just whatever you're comfortable with. You can close your eyes if you want. You can open up your hands. Whatever you need to do, however you feel like you can hear from the Lord the best way. I'm not gonna tell you what you're supposed to do. God is. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. Father, we thank you that you speak to us. Thank you, Lord God, that when you speak, we hear your voice, Lord God. And I ask that right now, in the name of Jesus, you would show every single person why you have placed them here. Lord, you said that you knew us before we were even born. You knew us in our mother's womb. You created us. You know the number of hairs on our head. Surely you know why you place us on this earth, Lord God. And I ask that right now you would show us. I would show you, that you would show us, Lord God. And so just simply ask the Lord God, what have you called me to? What is it supposed to look like? God, I ask that you would give pictures, you give impressions, you give visions, even right now in this moment. You know, the Lord, um, last week, there was a real, I could feel it, a real anointing of the Isaiah 6 moment where the Lord was saying, you know, who shall I send and who will go for me? I mean, you could feel it. I could feel it in the room. And I believe this is a, is a, is a f continuation 
of what the Lord was doing last week and what the Lord's wanting to do in us. He is sending us. Now, how many people, you can raise your hands on this one. How many people feel like the Lord, they really, they, they got something while we were just sitting here for a minute? Two, three, four, five, six. Okay, more than I can count. That's awesome. How many don't feel like they got something? That's okay. If you, I, I, I'm asking for a reason. Okay. All right. Um, when the Lord Jesus came and met the Apostle Paul, he wasn't the Apostle Paul at the time. He was Saul of Tarsus, and he was going to persecute Christians, and he met him on the road to Damascus. He was on his way in to persecute Christians, to take them and throw them in jail because he thought he was doing God's will. And the Lord Jesus appeared to him and knocked him off his horse, and he got blinded. But he tells him something that I think is a key for all of us who are trying to find our place. He says, I, I want you to go and tarry and go, go into Damascus, and there it will be shown you what you're to do. He had to go to Damascus, and it was, I mean, he was right there. Jesus was right there. He could have told him, but he said, go into Damascus, and there I will show you what's appointed for you to do. Guess what the word Damascus means? Activity. Go into activity for the Lord, and there I will show you what you're called to do. Some of us who don't have clear direction yet, you just got to get moving. You know, it, we don't know this anymore, but there used to be cars without power steering, and if you weren't moving, you weren't turning. <laughs> You know, we got power steering now that it does it for us, but if back in the day, you couldn't move a direction without moving forward. And the Lord wants you just to go and f just go and serve a ministry. Get out on the streets. Do something. We meet here every Saturday. Well, we're, we're trying to meet here every Saturday. Are we meeting here every Saturday? We're meeting here every Saturday now. I'm making at least two of them a month, maybe more. Um, and we're going out on the streets. And there's been a number of you have come, and it's been awesome. Hadn't it been awesome? I want y'all to hear some testimonies of what has happened out there so that you can hear what's going on. But I want to encourage you, if you're not sure what you're supposed to do and you're listening for the Lord, just start serving. Serve God doing something. Go into activity, and there you'll see what you're supposed to do. Does that make sense?